You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for taking time to tune in. So we are still talking about making disciples. We've been following through a sermon series for nine to ten weeks about uh, the nine ways that we follow Jesus. It's all been a discipleship series, really. We try to make sure that we are not just becoming religious, but that we're actually being shaped into the image of Jesus, that we're really becoming disciples who learn to live like Jesus. So at Carterville, we've developed these nine ways that we measure that. And the last one, which is what we preached about last Sunday, is that we are making disciples. And since most believers uh, in the church don't make disciples or haven't, this is obviously a place that we need to slow down and talk a minute. So this can be really intimidating, really scary for a Christian who says, you know what, I've never made a disciple, but I'd really, I would like to, where do I get started? And so that's what I want to talk about today is just sort of a, a follow-up from the episode Corey and I did, where we said that one key for discipleship is just relational context and availability, just making intentional connections with people pointing to Jesus. Well, what are we going to do today? Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about who and what. Uh, who are you looking for and what are you going to do when you sit down to begin making disciples for Jesus' sake? All right, so let's let's get kicked off. Who? So I want to go back to John chapter 1, the passage that Corey read in our last podcast episode, just to emphasize a little bit from a biblical standpoint about who. Uh, Who are you going to be able to make disciples of? And the answer to that is, very likely, it will be somebody who trusts you a little bit because you're already in some relational context with them. This may not be the case. Plenty of people have engaged discipleship relationships with people who were nearly strangers, but most often your next disciple-making opportunity is going to be somebody who is inside sort of your circle of influence. There's a couple of fancy words for that, but before we talk about the fancy words, let's read the passage. First, we'll take a look at um, how Peter started following Jesus because of Andrew. So, verse 35, chapter 1, John's Gospel. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. So, John the Baptist had already been making disciples. Verse 37, When two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard that John, what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. It means means rock. So in those verses, you saw John the Baptist, the disciple maker, pointing his disciples to Jesus, which is what you and I should be doing as well. But you also saw that when Andrew met Jesus, the first thing he did is that he went to get somebody from his circle of influence. And in this case, it was his brother. Okay, so I 
I just want to point out that that is how Peter the Apostle started following Jesus. Walking on water, keys to the kingdom, Peter, that's where it began. It was because of Andrew. Okay, so I'm going to go down to verse 43, and we're going to feature this guy named Philip and a friend, Nathaniel. So let's read this. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. Then he added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Pretty cool. So what I want to point out for this podcast episode, as neat as all of that is, Jesus having a foreknowledge of Nathaniel and knowing who he was, this, this comment about the Israelite with no deceit, and even this image of the fig tree and heaven opening up so that Jesus becomes the gateway to heaven, which is kind of a throwback to Genesis uh, where Jacob had a dream, Israel, that is, Jacob, had a dream and he saw his ladder, Jacob's ladder, where heaven was open and there was this interaction between God and humans. That's all really cool. But what I want you to see today is that Nathaniel started following Jesus because of Philip. So when Jesus invited Philip, Philip goes to find Nathaniel from the same town and says, come on, let's, let's go. So how does that inform you and I about how we're going to make disciples? Well, because honestly, you're probably going to follow the same path. Like if you're going to, if God's going to use you to make disciples this year, you're very likely going to be discipling somebody who's already in your circle of influence. Maybe like Nathaniel and Philip, your friends. Maybe like Simon and Peter, your family. But very likely the, the people that God's going to bring into your life are people that you already know. Somebody that's already in band with you, somebody that always goes to, already goes to school with you, somebody in church with you, somebody from your neighborhood or your street, a friend that you've been hanging out with, or somebody that shares a common interest. So there is a way that people who study missions encourage us to do this. And here's some, some fancy words. So missiologists, people who think about missions a lot uh, and study it, they recommend that we make what's called, and this is a fancy word, an oikos map. Oikos is a Greek word that means household, but it means kind of an extended household, like not just the four people you live with or the two people that you know sleep in your home, but the people that are influenced by your household, you know, the kids that come in and out, the couples that stop in. So an oikos map, a, a household map, this is kind of extended family map. What if you sat down with a piece of paper today and you just, you know, put yourself right in the middle of the paper and then you start drawing this web of relationships that shows who you interact with in a normal week or month. Like who are the people that are your immediate family? Who are some of their next friends? Who are the people that you work with or go to school with? Who are you in baseball or softball practice with? Uh, who are some people that you're in indoor percussion with? And if you just kind of keep making this map, you're going to see a lot more 
people than you think. Like, so when you look up and say, gosh, there's nobody for me to disciple. There's tons of people, but this, uh, this extended household map is a good way to get your brain in gear to think about, all right, all right, well, who's available to me? And that's how you might find your Peter or your Nathaniel so that you can invite them to come see Jesus with you. All right, well, which of those people? Because let's be honest, not everybody on that map is going to be interested in following Christ with you or growing in Jesus with you. Not everybody on that map um, is going to be ready to engage in a discipleship relationship with you. So what do you do? How do you how do you determine them? Well, this is kind of a, a good tip that's been passed down to me. It's memorable and it's interesting. You're looking for people who are, and there's three letters that represent three qualities, F-A-T. Uh, what is What are those three qualities for F-A-T? So faithful, available, and teachable. You're looking for people who are um, already you know, trying to uh, explore Jesus a little bit. You're looking for people who are available to you. They're not so overwhelmed that you'll never be able to spend time. You'll never be able to, to, to make things work out with them. You're already at baseball with them. You, you already see them once a week. They already come to your home. You already connect on the internet. You guys are already have some kind of a relationship. And then teachable. These are people who um, are not so prideful that they are going to be open to what Jesus said. So when you find somebody in your map who is, uh, who's ready, like who's interested, who's open, that God sort of puts a highlighter on them, well, what's, what's the next step? So you know, now you've found your person, well, 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 what do you do with them? Okay, well, there, there are plenty of books you could buy just to go through curriculum with them. There's some great curriculum makers out there. You know, Rooted is one that's really good. There's a Disciples First uh, organization that has, you know, three books you go through. That's terrific. Robbie Gallaty uh, is a guy who went to William Carey. Now he's a, he's a pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church uh, in Tennessee, just crushing it up there, doing terrific. Uh, he's got discipleship material. Lifeway's got discipleship material. Everybody in the world has some curriculum out there, and, and we can help you find what you want. But to be honest with you, I think as a great starting point, honestly, just you and Jesus and your Bible is really all you need, uh, that you would begin to meet with somebody intentionally and with a focused intentionality, just ask a couple of the same questions. Uh, you know, not necessarily like an accountability group, but that you would meet uh, once a week or once every two weeks and say, "Hey, man, uh, how's your how's your prayer life? You know, what are you praying about? How's your scripture? What do you what are you reading the Bible? What's God teaching you? What's God doing? Uh, how's your marriage? How's your how's your family? Uh, if you're if you're engaging discipleship with somebody who's not married, let's say you're a high school student, and most all the people you're going to engage for discipleship are going to be people who are not married, uh, you're obviously not going to ask that question. Instead, you're going to ask, you know, how's your relationship with your brothers and your sister, or how are you getting along with your mom and dad right now? But you you gravitate towards scripture, so find a passage in the Bible that would be easy to study. You might take the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew five uh, through seven. Or you might take a book of the Bible that makes a ton of sense to read through, the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Luke. You're pointing them towards Jesus. Or you may take something like the book of Ephesians you know, or the book of James, something very practical and approachable, and just say, hey, listen, I would love to study the Bible with you. Would, can we meet together um, about once a week and just you know, read Scripture together? You might be surprised at how much you gain if you just you know, meet for breakfast, uh, meet for lunch, and just work through the book of the Bible with a friend. You'll be impressed at how much you grow, and they will too. So there are some things that you can do even before you buy curriculum or you know study, uh, you know I guess more nuanced paths for discipleship. The key ingredient is Jesus and the context of relationships that you make time for them. So. 
Who are you looking for? Well, somebody in that household influence map, somebody that's in that extension of your reach, somebody that's a friend that you might uh, connect to, somebody that's available and teachable and faithful already that that you think that you could have uh, some impact in. So I encourage you to begin praying and asking God to show you the right person. And when you do, engage them with Jesus for Jesus' sake. Good luck as you make disciples. I'm really proud of you. Uh, I promise you that the Great Commission is 100% true. Jesus says you're making disciples on his authority. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So go make disciples of the nations. He also says that he'll be with you until the end of the age. So while you're making disciples, you're not going alone. Be sure that you let Jesus lead you in the process. Thanks and may God bless you. Can't wait to see you guys this Sunday. It is Palm Sunday. Be a terrific time to invite somebody to join you.